702 Series Edition. She is back. It is episode three, and it feels so good knowing that we're being supported through this January by you, Nikki Bush, with the tips and tricks. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. So let's jump straight into it. Creating peace of mind. You know, that just sounds like a dream. And to me, creating peace of mind, I'm seeing a beach sun and a cocktail but you talk about everyday life not like that once a year gap you try to squeeze in all your rest in (laughs) absolutely so creating peace of mind is about dealing with those nagging little things like are my affairs in order oh that admin most especially if you are married in a permanent relationship Mm. where there are contracts involved Mm. if you own a business or if you are a parent. And scarily, there are still so many people who don't even have a will. And I speak to audiences on a regular basis about this topic of getting your affairs in order because a what-if moment is going to happen to everybody at Mm. some point. My what-if moment was the murder of my husband in our home here in Johannesburg, and that was just over six years ago. And for many people, it's going to happen at some point or another, whether it's death, whether it's divorce, whether it's a dread disease diagnosis, whether it's a business breakup, a relationship Mm. breakup. Something will happen that is going to force you to look at various contracts and policies that you have that are scattered all over your filing system on your computer or in your drop filing system, your paper filing system somewhere. And what I've worked out Lebo, is that people actually lose energy over this. Now, Mm. we've already said January is a long month. Mm. Uh, It's long in terms of your finances, but it's also long in terms of we've got to get going again. And one Mm. of the things that I really suggest to people before the year gets going is dot your I's and cross your T's. Get this checkbox ticked off Mm. so that you don't have to look at it again for another year because... You don't want to be losing one or two or three percent of your energy to something you can handle and, and get ha- it sorted. I have to say, sometimes um, you don't want to wait for life to remind you to do certain things. I'll use a very simple example. My mom has been saying to me for a while, I need to know what medication you're on. Just like send me a list and who your doctors are because I'm asthmatic and da 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 da. You know what made me finally do it like two years, over two years later was having to go for full bloods. And the doctor said, I want a list of all the medication, the exact dosages, your diagnoses, when they were. So it forced me and I was overwhelmed, but now it's done. And I was able to say, there's the list. Now, should something happen to me and I can't speak my mom can say, hold up, here's her medical exactly. history, here's her doctors, this is, right? Just makes other people's lives easier. So I say love yourself and each other enough to get your affairs in order because mm. we don't live in a vacuum. Mm. If you fall down sick or dead tomorrow, somebody has got to sort out the paper, the policies and the money. And the same goes for the person you're in relationship with. If they fall over, you are going to have to pick up the paper, the policies and the money because that's actually what we are left with when someone is either incapacitated or somebody dies. Mm. And, you know, apart from the memories, 
it becomes admin. Mm. And the admin is tedious, especially if you haven't got your affairs in order. Now, I had created a what if file, you know, what if, what yes. if happens, uh, about four years before my husband's death. Mm. I had put documents in there that I thought would be important, and he hadn't. Mm. So he hadn't prepared for his death. I had done the preparation, and I thought I had done it reasonably well until mm. 36 hours after my husband's death, my financial advisor arrived mm. and gave me the high level of where I found myself. And his parting words were, and so it begins. Mm. And those four words will forever remain indelibly imprinted in my memory. Because it becomes a massive new project while you're going through grief. Exactly. So while your life is falling apart, while you're very vulnerable and raw, you are having to now deal with administrative matters and you're not a financial expert. Mm. You're not a legal expert. And everybody is talking to you and wanting your signature and your decisions and they're talking fast because it's their first language. Finance and legal is their first language mm. when it's your fourth, fifth or sixth language. Mm. And it's tough. So best you get your, your affairs in order to make it easier. And I just absolutely love getting letters from clients who send me notes saying this has just happened and I just want to say thank you because we mm. had actually followed your checklist and it made it so much easier or my mom or my dad has just passed away mm. passed on your what if file checklist to them my dad had um, had meticulously followed it to the T. Now there are 43 points on my what if file checklist. Yes, yes. And she's, this, this client said, my dad had followed your checklist to the T. When my mum found the file mm. that he'd put together, everything was there, including a list of instructions on how to use the file, oh. as well as a pen and a calculator. Can I take it a step further? A lady, um, who was an event planner, the way she was so detailed, may her soul rest in peace, Molly, um, the daughter shared with us, the mom had even the funeral, the detailed funeral plans because she said she didn't want her children having to make decisions and having too much on their minds. So she even said, this is the casket. This is how many people. This is yep. the men. She planned to the, the thing. Now, we don't have to go that detailed. But what I'm wondering, um, Nikki, because this is such an important conversation. Can we start at the end? Because usually what happens is, the more obvious ones we speak about so often, the will, the, the, you know, the more obvious ones. I am curious about the not so obvious ones because I recall you having this conversation not long after your husband's uh, passing. I can't, I think it might have been with Ridi. I can't remember who it was. I think was it was with Azania. Oh, yes, with Azania. Yes. But one thing that stood out to me, you were talking about the DSTV account mm. and how like, <laughs> you know, because it's so bottom of the list and how you struggled to just get it canceled and how you, you were like, but he's dead. And they're like, yeah, but he needs to, you were saying something yes, like so they were saying, but he needs to come and yes, sign to yes. cancel. And I was like, nobody ever thinks about that. Well, this is the reality. The reality is that call center operators do not have a script for death. Mm. And you are going to be mm. handling matters 
with many call center operators. Oh. So extended warranties for your vehicle, insurance policies, um, whatever it is, you are going to deal with somebody who is going to say to you, um, the policy is not in your name. It's oh. in Mr. Bush's name or your husband's name or your wife's name. Yes. We must speak to the policyholder oh. when you've already explained. It's like they just don't, didn't hear you. And it used to make me unbelievably frustrated and infuriated. infuriated. <laughs> and everybody knows me as a really nice girl, but I really did learn how to reuse the F word very, very, very well on the telephone. Oh. And, and that's how frustrating it was. And, and those are the things. So let's have a look at the 43 items on this what if mm. file checklist. We won't go through all of them, but just to pick out some of them, which are important, that will help you immeasurably. And for those listeners who want to know where to get a copy, go to nickybush.com and you just have to go to the shop or go uh, punch in what if file and you will find it. So today everything is protected by a PIN number. Mm. So best you have a vault where you can save all your passwords and your PIN numbers. Mm. And somebody you trust needs to know how to get into that vault because the day you die, that's where all the information is sitting that's going to give them access to what they need to access. You can actually nominate. I saw now on my iPhone, I'm not sure about other other um, of, of phones, but they say you can nominate should something happen to you. Yes, a legacy contact. Yes, that's the yes, word. So it's legacy the same with content. Facebook and social media yes. accounts. Um, my husband had not done so, and so his social media accounts are still going. And I do get people, you know, getting hold of me saying, can you not shut his account down? You know, it's not his birthday. Um, and it's Facebook's telling us it's his birthday, for example. Yes. Uh, but what I really would like to say to our listeners, the really important stuff you're going to need when you make any kind of a claim on a policy Mm. on a life insurance policy or a short-term insurance policy or a funeral policy is going to require birth certificates. Mm. Uh, if you're going to... Originals. Yeah, you're going to have to have those originals certified and, and you're going to have to have unabridged and vault copy. Now, mm. now you've got abridged, unabridged and vault copy. They're almost... Some of them look almost identical. Mm. And if you are claiming on a group risk cover, so somebody who is employed by a company, a larger organization where there is group risk cover, that handles the pension. It handles um, a life insurance policy. It handles things like education policies for the kids and medical aid. For example, I got 10 years of medical aid cover through that policy. Mm. My child, my children got education covered. Um, for, for tertiary, etc. So, um, you know, those sorts of things, you have to prove who you are. Mm. You have to prove who your children are. You have to prove that your children were that person's children wow. and they are the only children. And even if you have been on said medical aid since before your children were born, you're still having to prove to medical aid that these are your children, even though they've been paying out claims for 20 years. Wow. So it becomes really tedious. So mm. make sure before you land up in a very traumatized situation after someone's died, having to queue up at home affairs, if you have dependent children, go and get their vault copy birth certificates. Mm. And if you are married, Go and get your unabridged marriage certificate because most of us are walking around with an abridged 
marriage certificate. Mm. You are going to need those in order to claim on pension and group risk cover. If you don't have them, you are going to have the awful experience of going to have to queue at home affairs, which you really don't want to do. So that those are two things straight off the bat mm. that I really suggest that you go and get sorted as soon as you can. Then, so just a question hmm. on what you said, that you also have to prove that these are the only children because obviously somebody could come to contest to say, where's my share? How do you prove those are the only children? Sure. So, I mean, I just had to sign a lot of documents saying that these were the only children. But I know in South Africa, there are lots of extra children. We spoke about this cultures. yesterday. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I heard your show on uh, mm. yeah, claiming on, on policies, etc. So this is the other thing is that you are actually going to walk into a bureaucratic nightmare when you start making claims because there are sticking points. Firstly, it's a slow process. Secondly, um, if you don't have the right documents, it's going to slow the process down more. Mm. Thirdly, the insurance industry and the finance industry and the legal industry are very, very sensitive to fraud. Mm. So you have to keep proving your identity, keep proving your relationship, keep proving your dependence, Mm. as in dependence with a CE. So if you have children, for example, and there's a pension payout, even though your spouse might have left everything to you, if you have dependent children wow. who are still relying on you for the roof over their head, the food they eat and it education, just all go to you. it doesn't all go to you. Wow. There will be a committee that sits um, and, and does a whole audit on all two, three, four or five of you mm. and works out how dependent each one is or would have been on the person who died, and they will split the pension across that number of people in different amounts. So both my children got very different amounts because they were very different ages and at a different stage of dependency. Now, who knows that? I only discovered that because I was in it. Okay. Mike, I did not know that. Right. So So you can't even be the one to say, let me help you guys out. Let's do 30, 20. No, No, that's not your your decision. It is sure. out of your hands. Mm. Okay. So please make sure you have a good financial advisor. Mm. Um, start building a good relationship with someone over the years. I was fortunate. I had had four years of being, um, you know, having a relationship. We'd had a relationship with our financial advisor. So we knew him mm. when the proverbial hit the fan. You want brokers who actually don't just know their products, but they know the process should you claim. Because the last thing you want is to be uh, on a call with a call center operator. Rather have a personal relationship with a broker who knows you and knows your family. And you don't have to start the story from scratch exactly. every time you call. Exactly. And then, of course, you need the paper trail. That's why I put this what if file checklist together. So the paper trail consists of things like the list of all your house and car insurance policies. Mm. Um, what debit orders are going off your account? Because what happens is we all think that your, that the deceased's account is going, bank account will be frozen the minute the bank knows they're dead. Actually, that's not the case. The executor has to tell the bank that they've died in order for that account to be closed. You need to move all the debit orders off that person's account because many of those are probably paying for the roof over your head mm. and all your policies. Or still under contract before. You close the account. Otherwise, you are going to be in serious trouble. 
So it doesn't happen overnight that you move all those debit orders. It can take a while. So for us, it was quite a few months before we actually closed my husband's account. Can I, can I ask a question? Because I think you, you're pointing out something so critical, especially considering the conversations we have with Wendy Nola every week around that. So let's say, you know, cell phone contract, but there's no policy that covers that in the event of death, you know, so that means that this phone is now still owing. My right? husband had just taken out a 24-month contract with a brand new iPhone. It was one month old. Okay. I had to keep paying until I fought back. And when I fought back, eventually my, my case landed up at the CEO's PR office. And that is the only reason why I got it sorted out, because somebody knew somebody. I don't know how people actually get things sorted because out. Because in real life, they're going to say it's not our business it's, that this person no. died. So you can't even say, take the phone. The person's no, gone. They they're care. just going to say, well, we're going to, um, the debit order bounced. So there's, there'll be a penalty and this and this. And maybe, Pashida, we must get somebody from the National Credit Regulator, I think it's called, yeah, to, I, to chat to us about what happens yes. to a person's debt. Can it continue accumulating in the event of Correct. their death? So what they wanted to do with me was they said, well, we will transfer, you will take on his phone number and, and his phone. How? What if you can't afford it? I said, I said, no, but my phone number's been with me for how many years and I run a business off it. Yes. I'm not changing my phone number. It was, it was ridiculous. So, so that was a big piece of irritation. Um, you need your list of trusts, your list of investments. It was interesting that we went through the paper filing system when we sold our house and had to move. We went through all the drop files and in there I found a small investment that my husband had made when he just finished university in his first job that I never knew about and I think he'd forgotten about. It wasn't very much. It was, I don't know, 30 or 40,000 Rand. But at that point, 30 or 40,000 Rand was important to me. Yes. And I found, if I hadn't gone through the filing system, I would never have found it. A gap cover policy is very useful. It's not just for gaps in your medical cover and your medical claims, but there is accidental death there. Usually in the, in the region of about 50,000 Rand, there's about 25,000 Rand's worth of trauma cover. Medical aids generally will cover you for about six trauma sessions, but you're going to need many, many, many more than that. Mm. So remember these things because they are in that little gap cover policy. And I only realized it after my husband's death, but I was able to claim. We need to take a call very quickly. So we have got Kate from Lone Hill. Kate, how are you? Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, go ahead. Um, uh, uh, my biggest problem with uh, claiming is that I went to the High Court to um, get everything sorted out. And the queues are incredibly long. And there is no one to advise people in that queue what they need. Mm. So I went back three or four times. And I became the spokesperson to the people that were queuing mm. um, up outside and telling them what paperwork they needed. Mm. And there must be some easier way to help these poor people, including myself. Mm. And it's heartbreaking, mm. absolutely heartbreaking. Kate, so, 
Thank you so much for sharing that because I think, um, um, you know, you're opening up so many different conversations. That one specifically around the High Court. I very quickly want to take a voice note as well that came through. Okay, Nebo. I heard um, Nikki's first interview just after her husband died four years ago, and I followed her advice. And when my husband passed in April of last year, the broker turned around and said to me, she wishes everybody was as organized as I was. So thank you, Nikki, for that advice. Cindy from the Vol. Thank you so much, Cindy. And the last one before Nikki wraps up says, make sure all firearms have been taken off your name if they are no longer in your possession. It will delay the estate. Also, don't work through, and they've mentioned a certain bank. I can't get into that right now. Nikki, there's never enough time, but we're still together one more session. Um, just in closing, because you've mentioned some really, really important stuff. In closing, one last thing to say is, Utility documents. Mm. You need those, you know, your FICA, RICA and all those things, an up-to-date electricity statement or something that is proof of residence mm. that is up-to-date. If it's not in your name and you don't receive them via email, make sure you always have an up-to-date something because that was the one thing that delayed things for us. So I think those three things, identity documents, marriage certificates, birth certificates, utility statements, those help enormously and get a copy of my what if file checklist from nickybush.com and go and get your affairs in order. It will take you a minimum of two days to go through this list and find your stuff, Mm. but it's well worth the effort because then you can kick off 2024 strong. I would add if your partner or you yourself are in a business by yourself, all of your business documents as well. NikkiBush.com. Thank you so much. It's time for news.